0: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers and welcome to Group Text, Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. You know, sometimes I'm lucky enough to have friends on the show and... Today is not one of those days. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: oh, no, you didn't.
0: Um, oh, no, you didn't. I, I. Today we have Josh Black, real estate. Wow. Maven, one of the stars of Million Dollar Listing, and a dear friend of mine who I'm so lucky to have date. And what's really exciting is Josh and Sabrina have never actually met. No. But they've heard about each other. So this here should make are. it. Yeah, here we are. Josh, I have actual questions that I've never actually asked you.
2: I told you I will not sleep with you. Stop asking me.
1: And and he's not going to name his firstborn Melissa. I told you that.
2: Well, I'll do that, but she's got to pay me.
0: <laughs> are you drunk already?
2: Yes, actually, I am. <laughs> uh,
0: I never know. I never asked you this. How did you start your career?
2: I'll tell you what happened. Originally, when I was uh, probably like, six, seven, eight years old, whatever. I wanted to be a talent agent. And Fred Savage said to me, uh, you'll be able to be a great talent agent, whatever. He was really good friends with my sister. And so I said, okay, this is great. That's what I'm gonna do. And then I'd say like flash forward, like ten, like maybe when I was 13 or 14 years old, <clears throat> um, my uncle,
0: I think maybe you know him, I don't
2: remember. My uncle, Don DeMesquita, Maybe you. No, maybe I, I don't know. think I know him. Anyway, he was one of the big uh, big wigs at William Morris, and he was before that he was at Sony Pictures. But he told me, "Great, if you want to be in, in the talent agency game, you need to start reading Variety." So my mom got me a subscription for Variety, and come two, three months later, there was a stack of varieties that were this tall that had not been read. They're sitting and they were just collecting dust. And eventually, my uncle said to me, he's like, you're not even looking. You're not interested. You're not going to be a talent agent. Like, come on, move on to something else. And so that's when I thought to myself, okay, well, I love houses. I don't know if it was really sequential in order, but somewhere around by the time I was 15 or maybe around 16, I really started getting into real estate. And I figured, well, you know, I have – I love architecture. I love houses since I was a kid. And, you know, I'm really pretty good with people. Um, (laughs) Somewhat on the – the spectrum. Um, <laughs> so that's how it all just kind of happened.
0: How old were you when you got your license?
2: Uh, 18.
1: Wow. And do you have license in multiple states?
2: No. Hell no. I can barely, you know, do what I'm doing here. I can't go ahead and take on something else.
0: You told me the best story, though, because you have always had this sort of amazing aesthetic, which I appreciate in art and in, you know, truly brilliant furniture and people like Billy Haynes and these amazing furniture makers. You told me once that you used to go to friends' houses for sleepovers and rearrange the houses.
2: Yeah. What did you do? I'm telling you, like the other kids, like the kids' parents really liked me more than the kids did because I make their parents' living rooms look beautiful. I have really good taste. I don't know. (laughs) It just worked out perfectly. You know, I literally have like I can remember like when I was like six or seven. This girl lived like on the 200 block of Bedford, south of Wilshire. Won't hold that against her. Anyway, (laughs) south of Wilshire, 200 block, and I remember like redoing the living room in there. It was horrible shit, but I but the placement was like not good, and so I remember (laughs) placing it differently. And the mom was just thrilled,
0: (laughs) (laughs) to say the least. And it looked looked
2: so much better, by the way.
0: It looked even at six. What was your first sale? Do you remember your first sale?
2: Yeah, I do. So my first sale, remember there was a guy named Dennis Woodruff who used to drive around uh, town in this fucking bizarre car, and like hand out video DVDs of him acting. He was like a staple. If you Google Dennis Woodruff, you'll remember. He used to, whatever. Anyway, I just rang, I rang a bell one day in Beverly Hills and this character comes out of the door. And he was, he was just like a guy had no money. He was just always trying to, like a drifter trying to make money. He was just, if you looked up his name, you'll know it, you'll get the image. Anyway, and he came up, he was like, he leached onto the owner of this house. Like they became best friends. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, I want to get, get uh, I'll get you in on the deal. This guy wants to sell the house. If you, um, if you like help me, you know, include me on the deal a little bit, I'll take care of you. I go, fuck, whatever. You know, that's fine. If you can get me the deal, I just rang this doorbell it was a house that I'd liked. And I thought on a whim, they would want to sell it. Anyway, he gave me entree, to the guy, I sold the house. That was, I don't know, it was like a six and a half million dollar house. And that was the first house I ever sold. That was when I was 19.
0: Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. What I don't even, I mean, I, there's so much I don't know about you that it, it it was funny when I was trying to think of what I wanted to talk to you about. What was your biggest sale to date?
2: You know what? I signed an NDA. I can't say that. So you have to just, a uh, uh, fashion icon, uh, I sold his house uh, for $40 million, but you'd have to look it up. Um, it was Betsy Bloomingdale's house.
0: And you sold, oh, that was, I've been in that house. That was an amazing we both house.
1: Yes. You were in? Yes. Yes. At the time, they let blacks in. (laughs) (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) Were you on the veranda?
1: How did you know, baby? They had juleps on the veranda. Mm -hmm. that's it. (laughs) She gave me some of her dishes. What about you? Did you know Betsy, or how'd you guys get in the house?
0: My mom. My mom was friends with Betsy and Nancy. And when I came to your house for a dinner party, you showed me furniture that was from the Bloomingdale estate. And I'm like, that looks familiar. I'm <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure my mom sat in that chair.
2: Yeah, yeah that's correct. I hundred percent. I have the uh, largest collection of Billy Haynes now in the world, apparently. Or so Which is it.
0: amazing. For people who don't know, an incredible, incredible, famous decorator and furniture designer.
2: So all the wasps of Los Angeles.
0: Yes. And you have that gaming table I, I want. In your front hall.
2: I do have the game table.
0: Yes. 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 Um, you know, I, I'm in a rental and then I sold my house and now I'm in a rental and then I'm buying a new house. What do people need to know right now when they put their home on the market?
2: Um, what do they need to know? I mean, the, the pendulum could go one of two ways. Either there's a huge exodus of, of people out of Los Angeles because of the taxes And they're going to be, and which was, is going to be bad for the real estate market and prices are going to go down. So there's the argument, okay, if you want to sell your house, get out of Dodge right now. The other school of thought, it's going to swing one way. The other school of thought is there is just so much money and interest rates are low. Markets going to keep going up. It could go either way. So I can't really tell you, I, I, you know, nobody knows, everyone seems to think they know, but the answer is I would probably Stick around and wait and see what happens in the next six months. You'll probably have a better indicator and then make a move. But it's hard to say.
0: When people are selling their house, how important is staging? Because I've been looking at all these houses and you're like, oh, it's staged. It's not staged. It should be staged. Um, How important is staging?
2: Uh, You need to do it. It's, It's really important. Um, people just can't be visual. And especially if your house is kind of ugly and dated, you got to really put in this like infrastructure into the house to make you, you got to somehow make, you jazz it up. People are not visual.
1: Right. And do, do you find it difficult sometime though, when you're trying to convey that to an, uh, a seller that look, all of your stuff is mm, kind of beautiful, um, but not, but not, not, to not, me. But not <laughs> And we really kind of need to make this more palatable. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm
2: trying here. Yeah, I, I have to do the dance sometimes. I'll say. Sometimes what I'll say is like, if it's really ugly stuff, I'll go. You've got impeccable taste. You and me, we're on the same page here. We just have this really, <laughs> really good eye for design, but other people don't share it. And we need to make this home saleable and we need to appeal to the mass. Like people just want to see blah, they want to see white. They have no vision, you know? People don't understand us. They don't understand our taste. And then they're like, yeah, I know. So so we, we need to be ahead of the game here because we know what looks better, but we need to get more money in our pocket. And so we just need to appeal to these idiots that don't have any idea what they're talking about.
0: <laughs> you, and you sell that with a straight face.
2: Oh, absolutely. What am I supposed to say? Your house looks like shit? Who was who, you with your fucking Victorian furniture? Like what? <laughs> Your Victorian furniture?
0: <laughs> you're you're such a love and warm and fuzzy. The worst
2: is, what's the, my, the worst? I hate, oh God, like green and green. Oh, I hate, uh, what's that style? Like green and green. You know, like that look, it's all over Pasadena.
0: Uh, craftsman? <laughs> so you're not into craftsman houses.
2: Have you ever met someone who either said, I really want a craftsman house or I'm looking for a tutor? <laughs> I am in the market for a tutor. A really dark and depressing tutor.
0: Yet those houses are out there.
2: But, but they, like Hay Hancock Park, but you settle, like you take what you can get. But like no one says, I'm gonna go. When was the last time you heard someone say, I'm gonna build me a tutor? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so true.
1: <laughs> what who do who do you think uh, in terms of designers? Or architects. Who's your favorite? Do you have a specific style well, that you I mean, love? and I
2: are friends with with you know with Martin. Um,
0: Martin Boulard, Martin Lawrence Boulard, who did my house.
2: Martin's a friend of ours. We we like. Um, I love. I mean, my favorites are probably like Juan Montoya or Stephen Gambrell or you know um, Bill Sofield. Those are all really good. You know Terry Despond. Uh, Jean Pierre, uh, what's his name? I don't remember. Are
0: those decorators or architects?
2: These are decorators. In terms of architects, you know, all, like William Hefner's doing our house in Los Angeles. I love William.
0: You mean the house that will never be done?
2: The house that will never be done. Yeah.
0: The house that you're. When I was with you, went that your business manager yelled at you about in the lobby of the Beverly Hilton.
1: She's just telling know. all your business. Wait, we were what? in
0: the. We were in the bar at the Beverly we Hilton. In the bar. In the bar. And your business manager was yelling at you because you had decided to do something else and had to knock something else out.
2: In person or on the phone?
0: No, it was an event, and we were in person. It was as he no, was going- no, to the,
2: the. Was my business manager there with me?
0: Uh, it was at at the uh, Holocaust event.
2: No, I know, but was yes, I got it. Was he with us <laughs> or in the room, or was he on the telephone yelling? No, at No,
0: we. It was out by the valet parking. He was with you.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, That was a fun Holocaust party, by the way.
0: I know. We'll get back to Holocaust, so we shouldn't call it a Holocaust party. So the house that's never going to be done, what style is it? It was not
2: a Holocaust party. That was a fun Holocaust Fundraiser.
0: Fundraiser. Fundraising Fundraising
2: event. It was not a party. It was a great event. I know exactly what you meant, but the trolls won't. So clear it up. The trolls won't. So no, we are not endorsing the Holocaust.
0: Because that's where you and I actually met. We met on the red carpet at the uh, fundraiser at the gala for... Museum of Holocaust, LA. That's right, and a, lo- we, a lovely place. Our yep. eyes met on the red carpet, and I said, "Where have you been all my life?" Where have
2: you been my whole life?
0: Exactly. So, what uh, style is the new house?
2: The new house is actually it's Spanish, which I don't really like, but it just happens to be what it what we inherited. So, um, uh, but we're going to make it look really good. It's we're in plan check to essentially tear the house down. We decided halfway through just to we should say, we, my husband wants to kill me. I all of a sudden decided to tear it down halfway through uh, construction. So we're just leaving the facade essentially. And then we're doing a 7,000 square foot house.
0: Which is why you got yelled at by your business manager.
2: Yeah. Which is why I continue to get yelled at by my business manager. What has
0: been, okay. Who is more difficult to deal with buyers or sellers?
2: Oh man, I'm going to say it's, it's 50, 50. It just depends. It's I would say probably sellers because they have such stupid, like they, uh, they were like, well, I'd like to know feedback today. What did the client say? Tell me what the, pro- what happened this week? I'm like nothing happened we didn't get a fucking call on your house you want me to call you to tell you that we didn't get a call like some people just want to be like handheld i'm not a good at hand i'm really not i mean it's my fault like that's what a good real estate agent should do is call you to tell you what's going on with your house i don't call people unless i have something to tell them
0: that makes sense to me
2: well it doesn't make sense to most of my clients
0: what has been your worst experience with a buyer
2: um my worst experience- Because you
0: deal with a lot of high wealth individuals who are can be very difficult to deal with.
2: There's some crazy people out. Since COVID, it's really weird. Some people have just, they've like got, I don't know if this is just like, I just got unlucky, but there's been some really weird people I've been working with. Like their tempers, like their fuse level has like gone from here to here. Like you could say one thing and they could go, I'm never working with you again and hang up the phone. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I don't know. It's really weird.
1: Everybody's on a short fuse. I
2: guess, but I don't know why I'm not. I'm having a great time over here.
1: Uh, Me too. Me too. I don't understand
0: what the problem is. I get it.
2: Everyone's on such, everyone's so uptight these days. You think it was a pandemic or something. Mm
0: -hmm. You would think. What's the weirdest request you've ever gotten from someone that they're looking for in a house? I know. I'm making you think.
2: I don't know. It's just like the problem is I don't have a great memory. So I'm sure there's a thousand things. I don't know. Like,
0: Has anyone asked for like an S and M dungeon or somewhere they could put a dungeon?
2: You get your, every once in a while you get, you open up a drawer and you, you find your, you know, strange dildo or weird sex toy. I've, I've had that a couple of times,
0: but no one's asked you for anything specific like that.
2: Not really. What was it the other day? That, oh, you know what was weird the other day? I wasn't there to see it, but one of my assistants called me and said that a house we have on Bellagio kind of close to where your mom's house was this buyer just jumped in the pool like just stripped down and jumped in the pool and I was like what and I called the the buyer's agent I wasn't upset I was just more really interested and confused he's like yeah he does this sometimes I'm like you huh? couldn't like, warn me a, reoccur- a reoccurring a thing like, <laughs> like you don't can you get your own pool like you just have to jump in people's pools he's like yeah he's young and he thinks it's funny and I'm like how old is he?" he's like 46 I'm like what the fuck
0: not funny not funny. Really. And like
2: maybe one time, but like, not like, like, this is the thing he does. He likes to jump in people's pools. I'm like, okay, it's kind of like not funny after the first, maybe it wasn't even funny the first time.
1: Uh, well, your, I want to know, how did you get involved with Million Dollar Listing? Love that show. Love it. I called the network myself.
0: So wait, but don't just make, like, tell us the story. So you heard about the show? What, it was
2: for a year. It was kind of a, people don't even remember it was on for a year it was a show about like 500 agents and they were all like it wasn't young hustlers or young interesting characters it was just it was more like a documentary of anything and it was on and i was like this is really strange i called up and i said let me come in and let me have you videotape me at world of wonder you know randy and fenton
0: which is the production company for those of people (laughs) who don't know
2: exactly world of wonder they make rupaul's drag race and a bunch of different shows and um they videotape me, I guess they send it to New York or to Cohen or whatever. And then they said, Okay, we're you're on the cast, and that was it. That was the best call I ever made.
0: How people don't know how much work it is being on a reality show. Yeah. Did you expect that?
2: I don't know what I expected. I was just happy it happened.
0: I mean, it really made you very high profile. Right. And it just it
1: it totally showcased that this is all is you're just a natural. Like you said, at an early age, you've been doing this. It's what you do. It's in it's in your your DNA. No, well, it's my DA, but it's my shtick, I guess. I don't know.
0: How do you convince people to let their houses be on the show?
2: I don't know. It's a good question. Like, uh, you you think people would call me all the time and be like, "Hey, I want you to sell my house, but I want to be on the show." They really don't. It's really interesting. I, which is good for me because then you get really serious sellers. But um, if I want them to, I'll just I can gauge who the person is that would want to be or not. Like, I can tell who's not going to want to be on. I won't even ask them. But if they're like, uh, "Not so much," like, "Don't worry," and I just shut it off right away. I don't want them to think that like I'm you know, pitching them. Like, I don't, I would never ask that on a listing meeting because that could go the wrong way and they would think I'm only focused on being on television. I would do it maybe once the papers were signed and were into the deal, like, you know, a, you know, like a day or so in. Then I would say, would you like to be featured on the show and we can take it from there. Sometimes I'll ask them ahead of time and, you know.
0: Do you think it increases the value of the house to see it on the show? Do you think people, you know, the perception is maybe it's bigger and better than it is. Does it make it more valuable?
2: I mean, I think it does. I mean, whatever you see <clears throat> on TV is done in real time. Like those listing meetings, all that stuff. They, Those are people that call me and say, we would potentially like to um, have the house on the show. I say, great, let's film this real time. And then we'll film the listing appointment. We'll film the transaction. I don't know if it increases the value though, because generally the house is sold by the time it hits the air, but many times I'll film the house and it won't sell right away. It'll hit air. And then Sundays we'll, we'll get somebody who saw it on TV. So we, so it could potentially look, it can't hurt. How's that?
1: Right. Right. Well, do you feel like your industry is cutthroat?
2: Do I feel like my industry is cutthroat? Hell yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. These people are animals. <laughs> literally animals. You've never seen anything like it in, my, in your life.
0: Yeah, how dirty is real estate? I mean, there how hard so do you dirty. have to fight to get a listing?
2: you got to wait until the body turns cold. If it's warm, actually, no. If the body's still even lukewarm, the 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 broker's ringing the doorbell to sell the house.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you decide a house is the right one for you to represent? Have you ever had to say, no, I know I can't sell this house?
2: Yeah, all the time. If it's just like a tacky house, like- that they want way too much money for, and it has no uh, character. You know, not even a question. It's not something I'm interested in. I don't really like. I don't want to take overpriced. I don't care about overpriced listings anymore. People. Some people have this theory that, like, oh, just take whatever you can because it makes you look like you're, you know, a bigger agent and whatnot. And maybe that's the case. But I don't have. T- I really don't have time to deal with. Nor do I want to deal with um, sellers that think their houses are worth so much more than they are which is probably stupid because maybe I eventually would just get them to do a price reduction down the line and then make the deal. But at the same time, I don't want to like then have to tell them I was wrong. And I don't like, I don't know. I don't know. It's not my thing. Maybe I should get out of this business.
0: No. What do you think the average, I mean, people don't understand like LA real estate and New York real estate are off the hook. What's, what's the average price for a house in Beverly Hills right now?
2: Well, city of Beverly Hills, you're not going to find, well, I don't know, maybe average is not that high because you have so many different areas. Uh, may, so maybe it would average to 4 million. But generally, like where we sell, your houses are not selling, are, are starting at seven and, and going up to whatever.
0: What does seven buy you?
2: Frankly, not much.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, it sounds kind of fucked up, but it's true.
1: And so with the with the pandemic, you were mentioning about just the inventory and people leaving because of taxes, But, you know, some of the realtors I speak with, um, Melissa's actually in general, said that the inventory is not plentiful right now for, you know, certain clients and properties that she's looking for. It's just not there. Are you finding that to be the case also?
2: Yeah, there's not a lot of inventory, but there's also a lot of inventory that's been hanging on for a while. Stuff that's been just price reduced, price reduced, price reduced. A lot of the stupid modern white boxes that started too high and then. You know, they didn't price it appropriately to begin with. So they're just lagging, you know, but I don't know. There's buyers out there for good stuff.
0: What's the hardest part of your job?
2: The hardest part of my job is I don't like pacifying sellers that are unrealistic or that tell me or get aggressive with me and tell me that they know better than I do. I'm not good at that. That's the problem. And I, you know, generally like my assistant will say, just don't try to fight with the guys. Like stop fighting. I I get into it and I enjoy it. Like I hate, like there's this one asshole I have right now who literally will just tell me, he's like, I'm not selling it for a penny under $9 million. Okay. Okay, fine. He'll call me a week later and goes, where are the offers? I go, there are no offers. He goes, okay, I need to see some offers and I'm not selling it under $9 million. I go, well, there's no offers so i can't even have you sell it for under 9 million because there's nothing to even present you like he wants to know where the offers are but he also doesn't want to negotiate he only wants full price i'm not understanding the concept here i nobody is even offering under what you're asking and but you're still telling me you're not going to sell it for under ask. i'm not i don't get it it's not making any sense to me and i kind of get aggressive with them like what are you, And he barks at me. I'm like, what What are you talking about? Like, what do you want me to tell? You? He's like, I want to see a report of everything, all the advertising you're doing this week. And I go, it's the same advertising it was last week. It hasn't changed. He goes, I want to see it. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to reprint the same thing I printed for you last." It's just insane. I don't know. I can't do it. It's, it's probably my fault. Look, you're paying me a lot of money. I should probably uh, give them what they want.
0: Yeah, well, that's not your nature. I can't imagine you being able to bite your tongue when someone's being that's like that. Point. Because you, I have been in situations with you where perhaps being more diplomatic was not your first instinct. (laughs) Anything that comes to mind? Oh, one or two things. (laughs) (laughs) It must be quite entertaining. Diplomacy diplomacy is not your strong suit.
2: No, it's probably not. And I probably, I, I, I just spit it out and like, I take my chances, either it sticks or it doesn't stick. Most of the time it does, but when it doesn't, it doesn't go over well.
0: Yeah, well, you're yeah. kind of like, whatever. Yeah, we, we have
1: this saying at the at Melissa's that she doesn't really know about, or maybe she does. Um, She'll say something to me and I'll go, listen, say what you mean and mean what you say. That's it, that's all. What does that mean? So,
0: How would I not know that you say it all the time? <laughs> Cause you ignore me i don't <laughs> ignore you i'm just more diplomatic I'm really really I'm, blanche you really think i'm not that diplomatic you try i try and talk things through with you before i say something to somebody else and then she gets annoyed I just say what you mean mean what you say That's and i'm right. like i'm trying to talk it through with you so it doesn't come off too many aggressive.
1: words women have too many words say what the hell you mean See this is you two need to know each other. I don't even know what that means. Yes, what do you, you mean? do. If someone approaches you and they're just talking and you're like, get to the fucking point. Oh, speed it up, sister. Come Turn on. Turn it
0: up. Too many words. Shut the hell up. Tell me what you I need got, to say. Okay.
2: Speed it up, sister. Come she on. She means Sally. don't
0: candy coat.
2: Speed it up, Sally.
0: Yeah, she means don't candy coat.
2: I got you. Yeah. Get to
0: the but that's part of that's why our friendship works, because we balance. I'm much nicer than you. The king yes, and sure. the gang. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, you love travel mm-hmm. and you've done something really wonderful on your Instagram where you have counted down the top, was it 100?
2: It was like 101, I believe. 101
0: hotels. favorite hotels. hotels and places in the world.
2: Only places I've stayed though. There might be places that are better, but only that I've actually stayed in.
0: What was your, because I know I participated in in what were my favorites and my mom's favorites. What, what, what was it, number one? What, what is your favorite number one place well, to stay the world? Well, if
2: you were actually looking at my social media, you would know because it happened yesterday.
0: She, well, she wants no, you to you share. Re, wait, excuse me. He, that was the rerun. I don't remember its first run.
2: Oh, okay. I got your number. Um, what is number one? Well, the, the top three were, I'll give you the top five. It was, it came down, the George Sink was five.
0: Well, tell people where the George Sank is.
2: Okay, the George Sank is in Paris. It's a legendary hotel. It's been there for, you know, 100 years plus, but it really became special. Again, it was really big in the 70s and 80s, whatever. Then people kind of forgot about it in the 90s. And then it reopened in 2000 as a four seasons, and it became immediately like everyone went psychotic about it. And really, I mean, also the flowers, like Jeff Leatham, who's a florist became famous for doing these flowers that are, you know, the, the, instead of um, going upright in a vase, they go at 90 degree angles and he became famous for that. And he's a buddy of mine and he's, he's um, very talented. And and so everyone knows the George saying, Oh, the hotel with the flowers, whatever. Anyway, so that, and then it was followed by, I don't know. I mean, the rooms are kind of shitty, but at the end of the day, it really is a magnificent hotel It's Villa Dest in Lake Como. I mean, it's just the, the setting is magnificent. I don't know. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have had it in the top five just because, you know, it's kind of like you, you put it up there because it's such a grand old hotel, but it really maybe it shouldn't have even been there. But anyway, that was number four. Then number three is one of my favorites called Lama Munya" in Marrakesh.
0: I've never been to Marrakesh and I'm dying to go.
2: You let me know when you're going because I want to go back.
0: Why don't you take me as like a, a, a friendship gift? Okay, no problem.
2: What are you cool. giving me in return?
0: Undying love and support.
2: I'd like one of your mom's paintings.
0: Not happening.
2: Okay, number two. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll take a Sterling tea set. Number two. Not happening.
0: Number two. You've already gotten gifts. Fine,
2: you just pay your own airfare and way then. Number two, I do, which I do. I adore them. I have a pair of silver uh, salt and pepper shakers from her. Yes. Um, Number two. Number two is Hotel Du Cap in the south of France.
0: Which I've eaten lunch at, but never stayed at
2: ridiculous. We so always at the we
0: always stayed at the Creon.
2: Well, that's in Paris though.
0: No, no, not the not the, the Creon, the, um, the Carlton.
2: Yeah, the Carlton is is not what it used to be. I I like it. My parents like the Carlton better, but I don't. It's great. It was great in its heyday. The Carlton was fabulous.
0: Yes. And Hotel de Cap, you have to pay in cash in advance. I want to know how you do that.
2: Well, you just, you know, you wire uh, money? No, you pad your shoulder pads and you just you flip, put lots of money, right? And it gives you nice shoulder pads when you're out. <laughs> the boat. Um, what
0: do you do? You just wire the funds ahead of time?
2: not anymore. It used to be, now they finally take credit card. But it used to be literally, well, you take either uh, cashier's, not cashier's checks. What were they called? You know, um, cash
0: traveler's checks.
2: travel checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, essential traveler's checks or cash. Uh, and or maybe, oh, you know, I think you could do wires.
0: Because they most do people wires. don't want to carry, you know, suitcases filled with cash. Kind of yeah. not safe. Not yeah. just that. It's, it's not safe. It's, you got to go through customs.
2: Travelers, checks, or wire. That's how it was. Okay. Um, no and number pers- one. And no personal checks, I believe. Uh, and number one, well, what would you think? Couldn't you figure it out? It's pretty easy. Pretty obvious.
0: Uh, it could have been a couple. Is it the Mandarin Oriental? No. And, no where? Beverly not- Hills Hotel, your favorite place to eat? No.
2: The what? number What do you think of when you think of the number one hotel in the
0: world? Jesus, I I don't know. There's a hotel in the world. I I don't know. The Ritz. The Ritz Paris. Yeah. Oh. The Ritz. Now, which one did you propose in?
2: The George Sank.
0: The George Sank. And not to this husband, correct?
2: No, to the only husband. To this husband. husband. The (laughs)
0: only husband. Maybe she she knows something you don't know. Do share, Melissa. Let's be (laughs) honest Bobby, your husband, is amazing super hot, how'd you snag him?
2: I don't know. Good question. Really good question, right?
0: <laughs> How did you guys meet? Oh, we met, we met
2: uh, over the years. We're not, we're not like, uh, we didn't like, you know, go out all the time, you know, like, but socially, you know, socially is, it's, saw each other. And then uh, one day I saw him in a club at, uh, in, in Los Angeles and he said, hey, handsome. And I was like, oh, wow, shit, okay. And then I got his attention, uh, he got my attention or I got whatever. Like we, you know, I, you know, I had him on my radar and then I'm trying to remember what happened. Oh, I was staying. I was at a friend's beach house in Malibu and I was staying with them and I wanted to impress Bobby. So I told him to come over to my beach house. It wasn't my beach house. And um, <laughs> well, Hello. You, you tell him it's your beach house. Obviously. Did you
0: tell your friend you were staying with pretend this is my beach house? I didn't
2: need to, he would have caught on as a as a case. Didn't matter cause he didn't come over. So we didn't get that far. So, um, and I think he said he knew it was not my, not his beach, not my beach house. But anyway, that's where it started. And then uh, it went to a, uh, then it went to a proposal within six months at a, with, at the George sink with a flash mob.
0: Yes, tell a that story, How tell, cute. The story.
2: Yeah, I, tell the story, tell the story. It's all oh, I told Bobby, that we were going to uh, Paris for a, uh, for fashion week. I didn't really think that I was, I don't know why I didn't think that like, you could just look that up and realize it's not fashion week in Paris, number one. And like, I don't know why I didn't think that would even recur. And then, um, so yeah, I said, we're going to a fashion week. Uh, it's going to be a Marc Jacobs show at the, at the George Sank. Like, first of all, why would Marc Jacobs be at the George Sank and second, it's not even fashion week. And so anyway, so he, I think he, you know, whatever. So anyway, we went there and there's a, a bunch of people in the down and you can look it up on, you can see videos of it, but it's, uh, you see just a bunch of, uh, People like having cocktails before the show, then they start dancing and blah, blah, blah. And you know how it goes. You know the drill. And that was that.
0: And, but you had your parents there, right? Yeah. You had the whole fam there.
2: Yeah. First and only flash mob ever at first and only and last flash mob ever at the George Sink.
0: <laughs> how did you convince them to let you do it?
2: Honestly, because I had a pretty good relationship with them. Cause I'd been staying there since they reopened in like 99. It's like probably like 2000. And I would go with my grandmother every year in the summer. And I just, I had a good little relationship with the hotel. I don't think they would have let me otherwise.
0: Now you had an amazing relationship with your grandmother. She's been on your show. Yeah. Were you always that close to her?
2: Yeah. Just, yes, very much. She, cause she, cause she just was, we, we just understood each other. It was like you and your mom, same thing.
0: But you're um, close to your parents too.
2: Oh, I'm very close to my parents, but it was different. My grandmother the relationship with it, it was, it was a different kind of a, a relationship, you know, uh, with my, especially after my grandfather died, it was just like, we were like partners in crime.
0: Yes, you were. Yeah. Yes, you were.
2: She was fun. It was really spontaneous, which I really liked.
0: Yeah. She was, she, you were a lot like your grandmother. Yeah. And for, that's a little scary that genetically this crazy has passed on. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs)
2: Exactly.
0: But But I'm in the same position.
2: I know, right? Your kid's gonna be your kid's pretty normal though.
0: Cooper's very, very normal. I think he's just got all recessive genes.
2: Yeah. What
1: happened? Like he had a village. He had a village of women.
0: Yeah. 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 He did. He did. Josh, I love you. I adore you. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Great meeting you, Josh. Right, how much am I getting
2: paid for this shit?
0: Nothing, goodbye. Love you.